Friends, welcome back to Nick and Dan's Bible Study Podcast. We are excited, super excited to be with you here today. And for the first time ever in the long and illustrious history of Nick and Dan's Bible Study Podcast, we have with us a guest. And actually, uh, the truth is, Antoine, Antoine Lasseter from Think Kingdom Church is our guest here today. The truth, Antoine, is that we've been talking from the first week that we did this about getting you on this podcast. No, stop it, guys. Stop it. <laughs> you specifically, Antoine. We were as we're gonna talk about today, we 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 were we were targeting you specifically to focus on because and that was before any of the stuff that's going on right yeah. now was really at the forefront of uh, of our of our thoughts and of our of our thinking but it's 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 past time to have you on we we just uh, needed credibility Antoine so we wanted to bring ah, you on. so That's so it. let me get this straight I am the first guest the first, the first, you're guest. The first guest. Wow, this, first I might guest. be like Alec Baldwin, you know, with the Saturday Night Live and the, the, the most. Wow, let's see. Let's can let's you do any impressions, Antoine? Can you do any impressions? No. <laughs> no. no. Okay, so folks, we are uh, we are here once again to dig into the Word of God, into the Scripture, as we have done a lot of times. We're in the Gospels. We we love. We're obsessed with Jesus, right? Oh, we're man. obsessed. Knowing, following Jesus, um, not just in, in our little world here, but into the world as we seek to live out our, our lives as disciples to him together and, and um, you know, exploring. We're kind of trying to chew on some of the meatier stuff here that's, uh, that's more challenging to deal with. And uh, this passage of scripture today uh, challenged the original uh, audience. Uh, and it's going to challenge us, I think, in fresh ways here today. And so we're excited to have this conversation uh, and certainly to have Antoine in this conversation as well. Cool. So where we're where we're at, and I'm going to read this passage of scripture. I'm going to try to do more talking on the front end, but you guys all know, all of our listeners know how that is, Nick. <laughs> um, this is try, we're going to try to yield and leave Antoine some time to talk too. You know, the oh, million no, of listeners. Seriously, oh, yeah. guys, start if you're listening. Well, it's probably too late because we already recorded this. But pray for us in the future. <laughs> Um, this is in Luke chapter 15 and this, um, this teaching from Jesus, uh, comes and comes to us in both Matthew and Luke's gospels in very similar, uh, settings. Uh, and I want to read a little bit of that setting. So this is in Luke chapter 15, uh, and it may be, maybe a well-known parable to you. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time. In any case, we're excited to dig in uh, to it with you here together. So here's the setting at the beginning of Luke uh, chapter 15. It says, he says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So uh, right there, let's just talk for a second about about what's uh, about what's what's going on here, uh, and and this is this is typical for Jesus's ministry, right? For his behavior. Mm. But have any thoughts? Right yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Antoine. <laughs> this is going to be the interesting part. No, 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 part. no, 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 no. I'm gonna save mine. No, I'm gonna save mine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, you know, sometimes, sometimes, as 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 strange as it sounds, the culture of the church is we forget about the very people that Jesus reached out to, right? Jesus came to heal the sick, right? And and he says that repeatedly through the gospel. So Jesus, you know, is blowing the disciples' minds every time he goes and talks to one of these people that, oh, these are the untouchables. We don't want to be around them. They're the evil ones. 
Um, and so yeah. he's setting the stage right from the get go. And of course the Pharisees in the church are looking at that saying, why would you ever go to them? They're unclean They're whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so again, it's, it's that, it's that notion that Jesus was very clear about what he came for and who he was going to minister to. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, you're, you're dealing, you're spending time on the wrong people, mm, right? Yep. Right. Too much time with the wrong people. And when you talk to them, you're not telling them what you should be telling them. What you should be telling them is how bad they are, how sinful they are. And instead you're like, you know, you're loving them and you're eating with them and drinking with them and showing them grace. What's going on here, um, Jesus? And so, you know, we're actually, we're told, and we told this many times in the, in the gospels that they're kind of, they're kind of talking under their breath or they're thinking, they're thinking things are scowling at them. And they're thinking this guy's not this. No, this, whatever Jesus is doing it, is not it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for them. So, all right, we'll, we'll let Antoine save it because we're going to read the parable. So Jesus, um, you know, sometimes he just gives a direct um, kind of a teaching, you know, like, like Nick just said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick to kind of make them think. In this particular case, he chooses to tell a story. You know, there's a power in stories to kind of open people's hearts uh, sometimes, although this one, you know, has its uh, uniquenesses as well. So here it is. Let's... Um, Uh, Let's get it out there. So then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Mm -hmm. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Nick? Well, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to kick us into probably a broader discussion when I say this, but you know, this this scripture I, it speaks to me in a twofold manner right now. First of all, it, it speaks to um certainly going after the lost, right? Um so, you know, Jesus said, I, I don't need to stay here with the safe ones. I need to go find the one that's lost because my job is to save the world, right? Not to not to judge or, or, or condemn the world, but to save the world. So you can look at it from the sin perspective that this is speaking specifically to those that sin, go after them. But you also can look at it from the perspective of the one being so important to him that he broke away from the remaining pack. And so that's why I think it speaks to what we're talking about today. Um we, man, what I've been reading in social media, what I've been seeing on the news is, is this constant message in this fight in the most bizarre way. When, when people say, you know, the black lives matter and the all lives matter, and there's actually a fight over that when reality is that's so telling in your heart, because what this is basically saying is, yeah, all lives matter. But in this particular moment, there's only one life in risk. And so yeah. we've got to go save that one life. And, and, and so from a Christian perspective, I always say it's not about necessarily the straightforward words coming out of someone's mouth, but when you look and see what they feel the need to defend, you know, as their priority out of the box, I'm going to defend this all eyes. It's sort of like, wow, come on. Where's that coming from, man? You need to explore that. There's a, there's a hurt, there's an anger, there's a something there because 
this is not a controversial statement in this moment. There's clear evidence why we need to do something. So let's just move and be, be the body of Christ. So. Yeah. Like, like, you know, what's interesting is uh, oftentimes shared experiences make us tribal hmm. and that's cool. Like there's a shared experience that we have, whether it's like, uh, I, I know someone who, uh, knits while listening to rock and roll, which I don't get. Like <laughs> that's just weird. But um, they come together and they knit, listening to rock and roll, and they have this shared experience. And I think we're wired to not only belong, which mm -hmm. everybody wants to belong, but then we become so tribal that nobody else can get in. Mm -hmm. And I think what this story is interesting on twofold. On one hand, we always believe that we're the ninety nine. <laughs> that's the like we're, oh, we're not oh that was like, good. That's, <laughs> like, that's, that was really good. <laughs> I mean, you th you think about it. It's like we're good. He's going after them, right? And, you know, and that's the speak of a hard issue, man. Like, wow. What like, I think, <laughs> Dan. Wow, I'm just <laughs> seriously. That's yeah. cool, and you can just keep yeah. you can keep going. We'll circle back yeah. around. There. Yeah, and I think I think that's the challenge. I think once we lose. The fact that we are sinners saved by grace mm. and he found us mm. like it. Once we understand that we are no longer tribal to keep everybody away from us because we have that shared experience mm. that I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We're a sinner saved by God. And I think that's what's missing. So when we start parsing things like, well, you know, you know, I don't see color. I don't see we, we're missing the beauty of God. Mm. Like I'm looking at the screen and I'm saying like, we all have shared experience through Jesus Christ, through connections and bonds. And then we all have different experiences, but everything, but Christ brings us together. So if, if, if I'm running through the house and I stub my toe, I don't look at the rest of my body and say, well, at least my eyes work. At least my hands work. At least <laughs> my... Yeah, yeah. It's like I pay Not attention right to... Right. I pay attention to what's hurting. Yeah. And, and so whether I agree with political affiliations or mantras or chants, what that is is expression of my heart. Mm. And we have to pay attention to it. And we have to, I think, shift the conversation from is what you said, Nick. Why can't we mourn with with any? Why, why can't we mourn at this moment? Right. Why do we have to explain like all the hurt that we see? I, if they just believed in Jesus. Absolutely. Jesus is the answer. But mm. give me a time. Give me some time to express to you what the question is. Yeah. And I think when Jesus breaks down, when you first start and you tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. The problem is that the Pharisees were, weren't listening to learn. The Pharisees was listening to judge. Yes. And so oh. all of this is speaking oh. towards how we think we got this handle on Jesus. Like yes. we know what Jesus wants. We know what Jesus desires. And so we become pompous. And then we start to say, well, you know what? All those rioters, all those looters, they need Jesus and dot, dot, dot. And it's the truth. We all need Jesus. But if we don't start listening to the cries of people's hearts, that's why we become more tribal. And if yeah. we're not careful, that tribal leads to what the Pharisees are. We're seeing through the Pharisees. It's like, why are you attracting people who don't look like you? 
because I am a Jesus for all people. We're the only faith that can say that. Mm. Like when you look at Acts chapter two and you see the people fellowshipping, coming together, that was odd. Like that wasn't the norm. So Jesus is a revolutionary who counter culture all the time. He runs into the issues. He doesn't run away from them. And I think this is powerful. I love what you said too about the, the the tribal nature because that also goes into that whole Greek group think mentality That's where it. and I've talked about this before when I was in political life right I was in a party and what I found after being in political life for a long time was I, I would be standing up for something because my team my group believed in it yeah and I'm sitting there yes. going wait a minute, I don't even agree with this. What in the world am I doing? Right? You get into yeah, that group yeah, thing man. mentality and it pulls you off your game. And, and, and part of that idea of laying down your life daily and picking up the cross daily is, is laying down all those, those things that pull you off your game and going, no, today I'm going to reflect on the cross again. And this is who yeah. I'm supposed to be. So yeah, good, good yeah. stuff. Dan, would you like to say anything at all as me and Antoine speak? You know, to back- <laughs> wait, wait, is Dan still here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say. I'm, I'm practicing the spiritual discipline of silence for a minute. <laughs> I got a lot of man, every, everything that one of you guys says elicits like three new thoughts in me that I, I wasn't yeah, thinking absolutely. before. Yeah. And that's what I love about this, these kind of discussions, guys, in this pot in, in, in this podcast. So uh, what I'm thinking about is how the how easily the 99 forget. Mm, yes. How easily the 99 forget that at one time they were that cheap. That's it. That man. lost sheep. That's it. You know, we, we it. talk about that. And I and I think the thing that we love about this is that we wanna we wanna know well, we can know that Jesus loves us that much, right? To that's come it. after us. And so we love that, but then when we're back in the 99 and now we're safe, we, we, we'd rather have him stay there and make, and make yes. us feel the most comfortable yes. than to go back out and rescue someone else. But we forget that that someone else was us. Right. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking about. So, so how do we as the 99 the, that are the church right now, that we're, we're safe, we're in the fold, we're in the, in the care of the good shepherd. How do we think about when he says, all right, guys, we're going out, you know, we're, we're sending out a rescue party. We're going to focus on some people that are hurting and scared and lost, and they're going to be in trouble if we don't, ju- if we don't go after them, you know? Yeah. I Heck, think it's maybe three this things, thing, maybe this thing in 99 should have been behind Jesus. Instead of saying, right. Right. You know, like, we're, we're going, if you're going, we're going with you. Cause we're, we're going after him too. You know? All right. That's enough. I think it's, I think it's the three things, man. It's relationship with God is that it's that always that humility, like, you know, humble yourselves. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's all on us. And, and so we got to have that relationship with God. And then that secures my relationship with myself. I'm not threatened because I know I'm in his hands. I know that I'm protected. Even if my figuratively and literally, even if my neck is on the line, mm-hmm. I understand that I have an eternal promise. He has not promised us security on this side. He's promising us that he will give us eternal rewards. So we can't minimize the gospel by minimizing what being, what, what following Christ actually cost us. And so it's moving beyond being comfortable. It's moving beyond being inconvenienced. So those are the things that we have to start with because if the 99 truly believes that they are secure, then you can't lose a house. You can't lose anything in his name that he doesn't reward you with. Yeah. But because we have, 
we have sort of minimized the gospel to to a present day condition. You know, any any semblance of suffering causes us to believe that he's not with us. Mm-hmm. And any semblance of suffering causes us to draw back. Like, surely if he's with me, I wouldn't be going through X, Y, Z. Surely if he's with me and we got to push past that because some people that I'm talking with, it's not that they don't care. It's not that they, they need a plan. They understand the cost and they're trying to figure out. Am I able to pay that cost? So mm-hmm. if I speak out, I might lose some friends. Right. If I stand um, against my tribe, I might be excommunicated from my tribe. So what do I do? And so it's an interesting d- dilemma that we find ourselves in now because I've talked to some pastors locally who want to speak out, but they know that their elders are dealing with stuff in their own hearts. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? And so they're calling me saying, you know, I have this burden. And I said, well, if the burden is from the Lord, you got to press further in because it will cost you. And that's I think that's what scares people. And then we got to have these conversations. We got to literally allow the scriptures to speak for themselves. And it's it's a hard thing, man, because everything that we're talking about, even your podcast is counterculture. It shouldn't be. But right. it is right. you're pushing past the norm. Right. And right. so we got to figure out as men of God, as believers, as women of God and, and the people of God. OK, if my brother is suffering, am I willing to suffer alongside him? Dude, that that's a question that if you're not solidified in Christ, you won't have the boldness. Hmm. You won't have the strength and oh. you will sort of justify not doing anything yeah. you know it's interesting it. for, for ahead, us for, <laughs> sorry man i got in first <laughs> so, so for us you know for us uh you know in our, our denomination for those who are listening our denomination of churches of god general conference which started with a guy by the name of john weinbrenner in harrisburg pennsylvania when he not being satisfied with the culture of the german reformed church spoke right. out and acted out like he he said no the holy spirit is moving me to do x y and z he did x y and z it offended the leadership it offended the eldership and ultimately yeah. what it cost him was it cost him his pastorate in the general um in the german reformed church he gets kicked yeah. out of the church and literally the passion was so great. He goes down to the Susquehanna river, um, in Harrisburg, and he just picks up where he left off and he forms a new denomination. So we literally are a denomination formed on that, that idea where, uh, you know, we weigh the cost. And in reality, not only does Jesus tell us to, to pay the cost, but, but our founder, John Weinbrenner did it as well. And, and a lot of his issues at that time dealt with slavery and slavery, you know women issues and oh, yeah absolutely yeah and so and it's is- it's the foundation of who we are and so again yeah. but nowadays like you said Antoine I see people struggling with that comfort level it's like you have yeah. got to be able to take that risk when you are moved to the core that something wrong is happening and yeah. and so many pastors now and then I'll envy them for being in this position because as right. you said it, you know if 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 they are blessed to be in a position where somebody is paying them to fulfill their calling and therefore they have a family that they are responsible to, there becomes things that they have to weigh. The cost is not only a cost to them, it could be a cost of their job to their family and others, right? And we do have churches where the eldership 
may not be as focused on the scriptural integrity as the pastor is. Yeah. So the pastor's in that hard spot now. Do I preach so, the message or yeah. do I cave? That, that, that's, and, and let me just be honest. I, I, I talked to some friends of mine in 2016. Um, we had an incident here in Charlotte, Keith Lamont Scott, and he died. And it was, uh, it was, you know, it was a crazy incident. Uh, it wasn't racially charged, but it still had racial un- overtones. Black man sitting in his car getting killed. And then we had Trump era. And so uh, our church, Think Kingdom, we merged with a predominantly white church. And, and so we merged and I'm in the thicket of things. I'm in the thicket of, you know, the death of the unarmed black man. And then uh, Trump um, is elected president. And so that's why I, 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 um, I can empathize and sympathize with pastors who are in that uh, in that dilemma because I was there. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, the thing that I convinced myself to do is I'm just going to preach the gospel Amen. and the gospel is for all people. But I would not. Um, specifically address the racial overtones because I knew there was landmines all around and my conviction came when I realized that, okay, I am afraid of men in their faces. I see this burden. I feel this burden, but I'm skirting the issue because I don't want to ruffle any feathers. And so I didn't know who was going to stay. I didn't know who was going to go. And I realized that I became a politician. I was kissing babies mm-hmm. and trying to pacify people. And yeah. I realized that the people who were not with me left anyway. Oh. And so what do I have to lose if I stand on Jesus word? And so yeah. this time around, it's like, you know what? I'm not going to squirt this issue. I'm going to go straight to the front door because if we don't deal with the sin, if we, if, if we don't deal with it, then our people that we're leading would be discipled by the culture. Hmm. They will be discipled mm-hmm. by the political affiliation. They will be discipled. Oh, we are that. making disciples. The question is, who are they following? Yes, brother. Like, that's, yes, brother. That's what it is. Yes, and it so is. I had to become more intentional. And the thing that I did was follow what Jesus did. Jesus will go, <laughs> chill <ahead>. out, <laughs> right? Pray. And then he'll come back and a miracle will happen. And he spent time with the father. Mm. And so I became less focused on the opinions of men when I spend more time with my father. And that's the part that was missing when the first go around. And so now it's like, okay, God, I'm feeling nervous about this. There's a, there's, and I'm leaning into it. Why are you feeling nervous? Because it's going to cost you. Mm. And, and so you're seeing that the temporary cost is greater than the eternal one. And so that's how I just keep leaning into it. And sometimes just because I'm African-American doesn't necessarily mean I know what to say as well. And so I've learned to sit with the pain. I got people grieving. I got people upset. And I had to settle my own heart first and and deal with my own emotions, not cut them off and not pretend that Mm. they're not there. And I had to be my authentic self and the currency of this generation is authenticity. It's not the polished words. It's not um, the the uh, uh, the performance. It's not the production. They want to know that you're real. So if you're struggling with how do I address this issue, say it. Right. I'm struggling yes. with how to address this issue right. because yeah. there's there's people in your congregations that are saying the same thing. 
I have divorced <clears throat> myself from having to have all answers. Now, yeah. now I, 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 I bring people close to me. I weep with them. I mourn with them. I say, I don't know what to say. Mm. I talk to my sons about all of this and I still have hope in Christ, but I sit with them. And I think the culture at one point demanded that the pastor is the CEO, is the CFO, is the, the head evangelist, the head. No, no, man. I'm I'm a five talent guy. I don't wish to be 10 talent guy. So I'm trying <laughs> to do less with yeah. more and leaning into those hard spaces. That's so, that's so, that's so good, Antoine. There's a lot of wisdom there. And, and, and I, I can sense that. I mean, you're just learning and hopefully we all are, right? We're learning that wisdom that when to speak, but I love what you said about that authenticity, because I, I find that when I say hard things through tears, it's kind of hard to hate on that. I mean, if you hate on that, you yeah. really are a jerk. Okay. Let me just say it straight up. I mean, if you're the saying following like, thoughts are the thoughts of Dan and not <laughs> Nick or Antoine. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm saying, if you're like, look, guys, I'm really struggling with the, you know, to the, to your congregation, your people, whatever. You're like, I'm really struggling with this, but I feel like I have to say this, you know, and you say it kind of almost through tears at times. Like, I can't not say this. When I'm convicted that way, I know that people respond at least, you know, it, it, even if they disagree guys, yeah. you know, if they're like, Oh, I still don't quite see it that way. They're not like, we got to get rid of this guy. Yeah. You know, this, this yeah. is, this is nonsense. And and I, I love that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not performing at all. I'm not pretending um, we're, you know, we're, we're done with that. Yeah. And you can't. And, and one of the things that's happened over the past, I, I can't even tell you, I always say, I can't tell you how many generations, but what I know is where the church is today. Um, you can go into a lot of churches and, and again, there's some really good churches that get it right. Elders are what elders are, you know, scripturally intended to be right They're They're, they're they pray, they, they, they mm -hmm. take care of uh, spiritual matters in the church. They counsel the pastor, they do all these things, but there's other churches where we have allowed the, the position of elder to become just another leader elected, looking at the budget, looking at the numbers, were the lights left on, you know, did anybody clean up after the youth group, you know, and, and you know what, that is not, that is not the church of Jesus Christ, right? Elders need to be in prayer. And you, you touched on it um, before Antoine, you know, you need to take that quiet contemplation time. You need to be with the father. You need to be there as a counselor to that pastor, holding that pastor up as he attempts to teach and or he or she attempts to teach those hard messages um, to the congregation. When the congregation pushes back and says, we don't like hearing that elders need to step in and, and form that bond around the pastor too, and say, no, come on, let's go to the word. Likewise, what you said is true too. We got to take off these plastic masks yep. and start being authentic and showing we don't know it all, right? We don't know it all. God may be speaking a word to you that I need to hear. So as a community of believers, we come and we lift each other up. And that's kind of what we're not doing nowadays. We get that, we sort of get that um, comfortable inside the church, four walls. We know how each other acts and everything. We just, we live that life. But, but we're really not growing and we're really not maturing. And, and because when the when the minor becomes major, when the major happens, we collapse. Right. And so the major is happening around us and we we don't we don't we don't know how to respond and and, and we don't have these healthy rhythms. So mm. when we're watching um, the world and, and here's here's always been my stance. I'm never I mean, I'm never surprised at what how the world responds. 
<laughs> I'm never. It's it's the world. It's right. when I was right. when I was a sinner, I am capable, except for the grace of God, to do anything anybody else is doing. So I always look through that lens, the fact that, okay, I'm a sinner saved by grace, faith in Christ Jesus. And so except for God, go me. Mm -hmm. So when I see people doing what they're doing, I realize, okay, this is what unbelievers do. I see where this is going. (laughs) This is is what unbelievers do. But challenge is I am shocked almost daily, especially now, of how believers see things. And they see it because their lens is not fully in the spirit. Mm-hmm. So the, the, when, when, when I saw the incident uh, that happened with George uh, Floyd, uh, I, I, and, and I share this with you guys, I, I felt nothing, like I was numb. And mm-hmm. um, so I would tell my close friends, like, man, I'm, I'm not feeling anything. It's like, what do you mean? I said, it's horrible. I just don't, I don't know what it was. And so I jump in the car, man, and I'm headed to uh, to the office. I see two uh, police officers and I just start weeping. And hmm. I allowed myself to be in that moment and went to my office and asked God, why does this keep happening? Hmm. And, you know, I wasn't worried about me. I was looking at my 18 year old son. And my 13-year-old son, and it was like I was trying to be strong for them, so I immediately cut my emotions off so I could process it myself because I saw and couldn't believe, couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then when I looked at the video again, and this is hard, man, and y'all hear my heart when I say this, I saw him, George Floyd, but I was fixated on the officer's face and lens of the spirit, man. I said, I avoid running over squirrels. This is going to sound crazy. <laughs> I don't like the feel of the hitting a squirrel in my yeah. tires. So it freaks me out and I don't like the feeling. And I was looking at his face and there was nothing. Mm. And I wept for him. Mm. Oh, because what? kind of person can do that and not feel anything oh my god so when i when i go a little higher in the church my heart is man y'all hear my heart if you look at that same thing and you're trying you're concerned about the person who's died who was murdered background like if 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 you can't weep at that moment, then my heart breaks for you because I'm saying, Lord, how can they not see? How can they not see? You don't have to have my experience to be able to understand pain. You you don't have to. I I hear the theories and anti-government forces and the infiltration. I get it. I mean, if your focus is more on property than it is a human life, Hmm. Like if if you say, hey, it's bad what happened to George, but no, 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 no. It's bad that people are looting, but look what happened to George. Like this, this, 
and, and, yes. and what my heart breaks from, focus yeah it's, it's like my heart breaks from okay this is live like this is live and in living color and so now as the body of believers i'm looking at oh man there are people who pass away that i don't know and i hurt for them mm. it's not black or white in terms of the image of god we are all image bearers it's the collective humanity i know that and, and here's the thing i know the media is manipulating yeah i get it that didn't just start today i get <laughs> it like I, I i get that the political pundits are posturing and, and i i hear this happens every elections every election cycle and i'm saying someone died <laughs> like how are we getting caught up in what we're saying is the conspiracy is the it's not as bad as you look it's mm. like man we have not learned how to weep with each other yeah when my wife gave birth to our two sons i didn't say hey it wasn't that bad was it <laughs> I, was, I, I just don't I, and, and this is where i think that we have to be mindful of yes God is with us and we have this precious treasure in these earthly vessels. And so if our response to tragedy is waiting for more information, what, what have we become? Jesus weeps. The shortest scripture in the Bible, Jesus wept. Right. Why? He's the resurrection. Right. He, he knows who he is because he felt what we felt. Right. And so if we have the spirit of Christ, how we not feel what people, yes, I don't want any, I was watching videos of a man who put all his hard work into his business, all for it just to go in flames in a matter of minutes, and my heart breaks for him. Mm -hmm. And I understand, like, man, that's, what do you do? But if my focus is on property and not a person, if my focus is on, well, you know, it's it's uh, police brutality happens to uh, white my white brothers and sisters more than it does African-Americans. And here's the statistic. This is not a statistic. This is a person who lost her life and yeah. we don't mourn, man. And I think that is what Jesus meant when he said they will know that you're my disciples by how you love one another. So if you're not even focused on the world and your brothers and sisters in Christ are mourning, you don't tell them to get up and keep moving. You sit with me because that's what family does. We yes. are one family and we're we're acting as if when one part of the body aches, we should just keep it moving. Mm. No. no, all more together. And, yeah. and, and, and I go back and this is one of the struggles that, that I have. And man, it, it, it kills me that I even have to have this discussion with anybody, but I have to have this discussion pretty near every day. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And in scripture, Jesus makes it very clear when asked point blank, what is the greatest commandment? He's asked point blank. Yep. And his response is love the Lord, your God above all things, right? Love yep. God first and foremost. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself on this thing. All the prophets and the scriptures rely. So everything that you believe as a Christian, everything you have ever been taught out of scripture hangs on love your neighbor. 
Right. Period. Do not argue that fact. Because yep. if you're arguing that fact, you're arguing with Jesus Christ. And you yep. cannot call your disciple yourself a disciple of Christ if you argue with that fact. Now, that can play out in a lot of ways, and we can have honest disagreements about what it means to love your neighbor. Okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you what, what the kingdom does not call for. For 2,000 years, we have been, well, what am I saying? For more than that. We have been fighting Pharisees for a very long time. And all the lessons in Scripture that the New Testament teaches about how Christ lashed out against the Pharisees in the Old Testament and the times old points to the fact that that legalistic system in today's society is wrong at any level. And yet so many people will fight to defend the legal system even when it forgets to love its neighbor. And so somewhere along the line, a lot of churches felt, you know what? It's not my responsibility to be irresponsible. Responsibility caused me to point out sin. My job is to point out sin. The Pharisee's job was to point out sin. Scripture points out sin. Our job is to teach people how to love their neighbor, right? And that's not, I'm not, in no way do I want to say we should accept the sin of others. No. Yep. But you know what? what we need to do is love them enough to help them overcome their sin. And I love how you said this, Antoine, just like when we were the one, that's it. Just like when we were the one, we need to help them as the one. So so let me interject this real quick. So sometimes what I'm, I see, especially in this age of social media, and I believe that there are so many screenshots and so many things because social media and the culture has become sort of like a watchman on the wall. So if you say anything, you know, they're coming after you and they're taking pictures of it and it goes viral. And so there's a, there's the culture that we live in. But sometimes when we look at scriptures, we make ourselves the victor or we make ourselves the victim. We Mm -hmm. never understand that we are villains, that our sin is enmity against God. Like I want you to, The closer I get to God, the more holy I see him and the more ratchet I see myself. So I don't look at people outside of of Christ as necessarily as evil. And that there's a place to that. It's the culture. But I also understand that we are all sinners. So I look at Christ as the bridge, right? He he is what gets us access to God. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing we got to admit is there's sin in us. Who who cares what the sin is? And so it, I'm not racist. Okay, cool. I mean, okay. But there's <laughs> sin in us. And so we can't even admit true healing starts off when you accurately diagnose what the problem is mm. so the symptoms is what we diagnose or we, we we treat and what god wants is us to be honest and so if i'm looking at people of a different color different whatever genders whatever it is if i'm looking at them and i don't see them as image bearers no matter what they present it's and, and that's the thing nick it's yeah. loving your loving the lord your god with all your heart mind body and soul and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. That's why the relationship with God, your relationship with yourself is important because you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. And if you don't see the freedom that Christ brings, you will never love yourself and you will let hate, guilt, all those things drive you and your trauma, whatever it is. I was talking to someone and I don't want to 
monopolize this. I was talking to someone and he said, after this whole incident, he said, when I was in high school, I got beat up by three or four black guys. What he did not know until we walked through this process was that framed how he saw black people. Mm -hmm. So he had to repent. I mean, it wasn't his fault that he got beat up. He was the white boy on the corner and he got beat up and it changed how he saw black people. Right. Mm -hmm. But he had to come to the realization. I do. I do see. I, I, I do see black people differently. And so if we if he could not come to me and have that safe place, that safe experience, I had to hear that. And man, and, and that's the part. And then I had another individual who he was teased by his white counterparts and he was protected by black people. And so he has this affinity, this justice thing in him that causes him to stand with blacks um, and minorities. And all this, it speaks to our experience. Mm. That's why Christ came, because we all got jacked up experiences. <laughs> I wish that every experience that I went through made me such a loving person. And right. now I see it doesn't work like that. Yeah. You know, and I think we just have to admit it, Dan. Are you but the, <laughs> I was about to call you Dan. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. We're at 40 minutes, so you can't. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm sorry. But the church, this is just real quick. I do want to make a I want to come back to something you said, and we are kind of running up on time here, but hey, we can do whatever we want to do. It's, it's <laughs> our it's our it's our little world here. Um the church should be the place that's now is shaping those loving experiences, those healing experiences, that safe place to share whatever it is that's the background, the history, we have to be that. We have to be those people individually as disciples and the, in our congregations, that place where people aren't thinking, oh, this is how I'm feeling, but I can't say it. Oh, this is what I'm thinking, but I can't say it. Oh, this is what I'm whatever, because if I do, I'm going to get rejected. No. I mean, we, we talk about things that need to be a part of our culture. That's one of them, guys. Yep. I yep. think. Yeah. Let me let me just come back. There's just something, Antoine, you said that it's just I, I can't get past it. Um, you said it a little a little while ago now, uh, and I say it because um, it makes me think of this uh, this idea of having the mind of Christ, mm -hmm. or you know, learning to see people in the world the way that Jesus does. I think is one of our highest aspirations that we should have, yeah. right? As his as his disciples, as we abide in him, as we learn to take on his character. But what you said, Antoine, about how you felt about that police officer as he as he knelt for all those minutes on George Floyd's neck um, and looking at his face and, and being able to feel that compassion for him. It just it just struck me. And it's, you know. As hard as Jesus is on these Pharisees and teachers of the law, the reason he's so hard on them is because he wants them to, to have his heart. Yep. He doesn't want them to go to hell, right? He doesn't want them to yep. go away. He wants them to see these tax collectors and sinners the way that he does. Yep. Um, and it breaks my heart that the opportunity that's lost when people, when people, when every job and place, every influence, every, you know, whatever it is that they have, the opportunity, and particularly those who have 
increased influence. You know, we do as teachers in the church, but people like police officers and lawmakers have so much opportunity to do so much good and so many do so much good. Mm. But when they don't, it's sort of like, oh, like it just, it's heartbreaking. But Antoine, the, the ability to see that mm. I think is what so many frustrates us because like it's expected in a way, but so many of our brothers and sisters can't have a heart for, you know, like, like you said it, man, this is on my heart. If you, if you would rather kill somebody than have them take the TV off your wall, what the heck is wrong with you as a disciple yeah, of Jesus Christ? Dude, Cause people right. are saying that and look, people that are listening to that, to this right now have posted that. If you come yeah. to my, now, now look, I get if, if Protect you have somebody yeah. and your child and your yeah. wife, I, yeah. I get that, like process that, that's attention. But look, if, if you're like, I would rather kill somebody than have them take my TV, that breaks my heart. Let me tell you and, something, man. Like when the, the, the thing is, man, I want justice served. I want like, I mean, because dude, that, that's, that's evil, man. And then I'm looking at the other cop that's standing guard. And I, I, I'm angry and want to say, what is wrong with you? Like, like what is, and that anger is real. And then you see the blank stare and void of compassion, void of like, and I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like, dude, like, and here's what I tell people all the time. Jesus saved me at my worst like so i don't know what your worst is and that's why i'm, I'm trying to get the folks who are dealing with prejudice and dealing with racism th to come out of that that closet jesus can deal with you at your worst but here's what's so crazy lord if he's you know he's lord savior and teacher lord he's the active authority in my life yes savior simply is I'm a sinner. How do you see it? So if uh, this is the test, man, if you, if, if you in the elevator and, and you don't know me and I walk in the elevator elevator and you feel a little something, whatever that little something is, I'm saying, give Jesus that don't ignore it. Hmm. What? Because if, because here's what we keep doing. We keep glossing over stuff. We keep, we can't have these hard conversations we can't we it's we can't even provide safe spaces to be offended it's it's the urban versus the rural it's suburbia versus it's all this crazy stuff and again we're not i'm not talking to the world i'm talking to christians and so i'm saying if you're watching and you feel and then this is how we parse words well, everybody got a little prejudice in it. That's not right. Yeah. That, that's not Everyone's right. Everyone's got a little sin. They hold on yeah. to. Yes, and it's, it's like that's what I'm saying. So we don't. We can't even have honest. We're not even honest with ourselves because who likes to look in the mirror of their wretchedness? Mm -hmm. And so some of us, what we end up doing is doing these works to to justify what we feel here. And I'm saying, listen. Um, if you are struggling with being prejudiced and you are struggling with racism, you still my brother. I can't hate you. Like, like that, isn't that the dilemma? <laughs> like, it's you did me wrong. I want to get you back, but I'm a child of God. Right. Like that, that, that is 
what makes us deny ourselves, right? Yeah. Taking up our cross. And we have to allow people to realize, man, you feel what you feel. Let's just go deeper. Like when, when, when you go to a conference and you're the only black person there, that'll make you feel something. But you don't have to overcompensate and go out and get me drinks and get me food to make me feel comfortable. I, I, I get the awkwardness of that. I get the awkwardness of being in spaces that you're unfamiliar with. But we don't deny they exist. And I think what we're challenged with now is we see the extreme. Man, no, I could never do that to another person. But there's pockets of prejudice that you keep living with. That if your daughter brought home an African-American boyfriend, you might feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. Why? Dig there. That, that's the freedom that we have in Christ, man. Yeah. I, you're not wearing a hood, but you, but your but your mindset. And, and so it, it's I always often hear I, I, I like these terms and y'all forgive me if you use them because I get why we use them. But, you know, those people. Or, you know, and, and I know what you mean by that because it's just a description. But if I'm offended by it, we got to have a relationship so I can lean into it. Hey, what do you mean by it when you said those people? Mm. Oh, what I was, I was just making reference to. I, th that is what those are simple things that for some reason in the church we can't do. And yeah. I don't know if it's my calling or it's my passion. I'm trying to stop that because if we can't address the nicks and the little small things, in the church, how are we supposed to address a police officer putting his knee on somebody's neck for nine minutes? And it's not and just the light. Either. It's, 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 not just, no. it's accountability for everything. Let's like, we don't have a culture where we can talk about things. You know, yep. we, yep. that, I mean, you know, that has to change and, and it has to change. I think a big part of it is us being willing you know, when someone comes to us with something, we don't get all defensive. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I didn't. I didn't mean that. You know, Please, I didn't mean it. So you can't be offended. I didn't mean it. Please um, stop with the defensiveness. My goodness, yeah. I, I I agree with you, man. It is just unbelievable. People get defensive at the slightest little thing. Yeah, I mean, even if all yeah. the evidence points to something, and you you raise a question about it, no, nope, we're going to defend it. I'm like, what? can we have this conversation, please? So. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 interesting. You know, I, I I would say you know if you're if you're sitting in a small group of people like a Bible study or something, if you say who of you still sins, everybody raises their hand, right? I say, now let's go around the room and talk about the last time you sinned. <laughs> no, 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 nobody wants to do that, right? We're 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 so general with stuff that we never yeah. get into the real life. Mm. You know, the things that we deal with, guys. We. I do not want to leave this thinking conversation. I right. want to be here all day with this. I feel like I'm just, you know, where two or three are gathered. He's with us. Mm -hmm. I feel that now. Uh, I love this conversation. Uh, Antoine, we're going to have to have you back sometime, please. Yeah. Just, just let me know. Just, just cancel. Just tell people in your congregation, tell them, sorry. Freaking <laughs> 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 man, need you. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for joining us. Sincerely. Yeah. We really appreciate um, you coming and sharing uh, and sharing your heart. Um, it's been so uh, rich for me. Um, Nick, say something. 
Yeah, it's good, man. I, I want to thank you for coming on. Cause again, one thing we say we want to accomplish in this discussion is that we want to grow, right? We, we always say that what we say is not authority. What we say is what we believe. And now you share what you believe and, and hopefully we, we teach each other. And, and I can say this without a doubt, you opened my eyes on a couple things today, um, including, um, I was the one and not the 99. I saw that, that will stick with me for, you know, again, pretty wild. But thanks for being on, and I guarantee you we will be reaching out to you again because this was a really good conversation. Okay. Let me just say to your millions and millions of listeners, <laughs> I, I, enjoy, I enjoy Millions, this. really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I love it. Yeah, any yeah, 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 Twin. Any, anything you want to say also that you feel like just in this moment, you know, needs to be said, but that we didn't get to today. Feel free. I think I, I, I'll, I'll close with this. It's so it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay not to know what to say. It's okay to uh, really want to say something, but not wanting to offend. Um, the, I think what we have to do is, is sit in that space. Like we don't we don't know we don't know how to sit in that space mm-hmm. of my heart breaks. I feel like I got to respond in a certain way, and so I. I I, be, I beg you, I beseech you to pray. Like if pray, if you, if you need more information about what you see, I want you to pray. Like, because criminal behavior is man is intolerable and I don't care who does it. You don't have to apologize for the white race. And I don't apologize for the black race. I am who I am. So I'm not homogenous. We're not homogenous. And so sometimes people get caught up in, I had this one friend of mine. It's like, I, on behalf of all white people, I apologize. I like, okay. <laughs> Some of them didn't amen your apology. Right. I mean, you don't have to do that, man. Let's build relationships. And we should strive more to have diverse dinner tables then we do churches because that is where true relationship is built. And so I think that's where it's you, but you gotta be okay with being uncomfortable. So for me, I, I while well, my, I hate saying this, but all my white friends will say, if I say something stupid, just let me know. Oh, I will. I, I definitely will. But it's, they need that. They need that permission to be able to not have to walk on eggshells in that relationship. And so the dinner table is the most powerful, a godly dinner table, Christ-focused, that brings us together, is one of the most powerful entities in the world. Mm. And so I, I just I just pray that something is said and that you can you can you can find me on Facebook, you can email me, um, I can help navigate these spaces for you. Um, I just feel that it starts with conversation and relationship. Yeah. Yep. Jesus did that. Uh, hopefully we're doing it now. And I want to thank you, Antoine, for for modeling that. I mean, your sincerity in that invitation is just totally a, a, apparent, mm. you know, to us. Right. And, um, you know, that means a lot because we do say a lot of stupid things. Yeah. Um, me somebody, too. Me. If somebody wanted to get offended by me, I know they could. Um, and so um, I need uh, people filled with grace in every area of my life. And so I appreciate both of you guys being that those kind of friends. And um, and thank you to everybody who listened and joined us today. We love you all. We thank you for being on this journey with us. Um, join us for future discussions, podcasts. We'd love to hear um, what you have to say as well. 
So thanks a lot and have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.